our armed forces' heroism, courage, and bravery give greater meaning to what it is to be an American. Grand Canyon University honors you and pays tribute to you and your family. As a community, GCU celebrates your service, your sacrifice, and your commitment. God bless all the brave men and women who put our country first. We want to do the same for you. GCU's online degree programs put you first so you can make the most of your time. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude and uh, the last few episodes I have been uh, going solo and it kind of turns out that that's kind of the way it's going to probably be for the rest of the season at this point. Um, Justin's had some family stuff that needs to be taken care of and so he's kind of had to, for some personal reasons, uh, step back uh, from the podcast. So for at least for now, you just give my lovely scratchy gravelly voice so at least for the next couple of days until it gets better. Um, so yeah, for, for at least as far as we can tell, uh, it's going to be me for the rest of the season. I will try to get some, uh, some guest hosts on here, uh, get some uh, outside opinions and, and everything to uh, kind of freshen it up here and there. We just wanted to give you guys the heads up. That's kind of where we're needing to go with the podcast for a little bit. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to the podcast. If you could go ahead and if you haven't already subscribed, please go and hit that subscribe button, whether you're on iTunes, CastBox, Google Play, Stitcher, doesn't matter where you're at. We would absolutely love it if you could hit that subscribe button. Gives uh, It moves us up in the rankings, gives us a chance to share our uh, knowledge uh, with more people. So uh, we would really appreciate that. And so uh, what we're doing tonight is we're going over the, uh, the little bit of the news that we've got. And then we are going into our waiver wire madness. This is our, our waiver wire show that usually is our most listened to show of the week. So uh, I hope you guys are ready for this one. Let's go ahead and get it started with the headlines. Today's headlines. So starting it off, Leonard Fournette went through individual drills for the first time since re-injuring his hamstring in week four. Um, a couple other Jaguars were also out there. Uh, so we'll see if Leonard Fournette with the extra week off can actually get it going. Um, at this point, Carlos Hyde is probably droppable. In 10-man leagues and less, yes, he's obviously droppable. Um, but he is definitely, you know, I would maybe keep an eye on him and kind of keep an eye on how Leonard Fournette is doing throughout the week. And, you know, he may be a, a late add. So Marlon Mack is, uh, was working with trainers uh, today on the side of Monday's practice. I think that this is just a matter of them kind of uh, limiting his reps because he only practiced once before the, uh, the uh, Oakland game, which he tore them up for 130 plus rushing yards. So, I really think right. Mac is going to be fine. Most likely, they're just kind of uh, managing his reps as they're coming off the bye. Texans coach Bill O'Brien said he is not sure when they'll activate Donta Foreman. This is kind of aggravating because I know uh, we've been uh, kind of on the the Foreman bandwagon. We were last year with how well he played, uh, but Miller's been tearing it up right now, and so they're not necessarily going to rush Foreman back. This is a tough injury to come back from. It's uh, it was his Achilles, a torn Achilles, uh, that he suffered last year. 
And so that's, you know, for a running back especially to come back from that's going to be rough. So uh, keep an eye still on Foreman, but uh, don't expect anything yet. Uh, to no surprise, uh, the Chargers released another kicker, released Caleb Sturgis after he missed, uh, I want to say it was two or three, I want to say it was a field goal and two um, extra points in uh, the game, the, the win over the Seahawks. John Ross returned to practice Monday. If he can stay healthy, he could be someone to watch uh, in terms of A.J. Green missing a couple games, which we will get to in a little bit. Um, Giovanni Bernard returned to practice Monday. Ex-Cardinals coach Bruce Arians said he would be open to the Browns job. This is more news for next year, but that would definitely be interesting to see Bruce Arians working with uh, – Baker Mayfield and the the young talent that they have on that on that team that could be well and Nick Chubb that would definitely be an interesting uh, an interesting combination to look forward to for next year so uh, again that's more news for next year but definitely interesting to think about um there's there was a a text or a tweet from Le'Veon Bell saying farewell Miami. Um, and someone text, you know, kind of put in parentheses, he's back, um, meaning that, you know, he had been down in Miami, apparently working on, you know, making sure he was ready for the season to when he actually decided to report. Um, however, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that the Steelers have had no contact, uh, this week with unsigned franchise player, Le'Veon Bell, and he is not expected to return for Thursday's game against the Panthers. Uh, I believe he has until the 13th next Tuesday to show up to even be eligible to play at all. So I'm sure he will do it by then. He's not going to be eligible to play in this game. And besides, James Conner is doing more than Le'Veon Bell ever has in the first, was it eight, eight, nine games um, as, as a Steeler. So uh, in a season. So, um, the really, I think their best bet is to just keep going with James Conner because who knows how long it's going to take Le'Veon Bell to actually get into game shape. Uh, Kiki Kuti says he will not return until he is sure he is 100% healthy. So in that case, drop Kiki Kuti unless you have the open space to hold on to him for a little while. Uh, in 10-team leagues, you don't have that option, to be completely honest, um, unless you're just absolutely stacked. Uh, here getting the A.J. Green news, Bengals coach Marvin Lewis said A.J. Green with his toe does not need surgery but declined to say when he might return. Uh, the estimates I've seen are two, at least two weeks. Um, yeah, here we go. I expect to miss at least two games before doctors reevaluate his foot injury to determine when he can play again. So um, that's something to keep an eye on, which means Tyler Boyd is going to get just a ton of work. C.J. Uzuma is another one who may be – in line for a few more red zone targets, especially uh, if AJ goes down uh, for or is out for longer than two weeks. Um, Paul Richardson is going to have uh, needs to have surgery on his shoulder and knee. Will be out for the rest of the season. Um, retirement news, not necessarily fantasy news. Ex Titans and Cardinals running back Chris Johnson has announced his retirement after 11 years in the NFL. Uh, CJ2K uh, was a phenomenal runner in his prime. I'm just an absolute monster and uh, was definitely uh, won some fantasy football leagues for people uh, in the past. So 
Uh, more injury news. Geronimo Allison may need core muscle surgery. Means that he would probably be out for a little while. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, is going to get a lot more work. He had already basically passed up Randall Cobb, so he is definitely a guy that you want in your lineups uh, if you can get him. Um, uh, sources say that former Seahawks wide receiver Brandon Marshall worked out for the Lions. Not that this is necessarily fantasy relevant, but um, while he worked out for the Lions, there is also a report that the Saints are bringing in three wide receivers tomorrow, and those three wide receivers are rumored to be uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, Kamar Aiken, and Des Bryant. Um, they have not been able to get much out of their number three wide receivers in in the Saints, and they want to be able to do more, be a little more dynamic. Not that they're dynamic, not that they aren't dynamic enough with Kamara and Ingram when he's not fumbling the ball, and Michael and uh, Michael Thomas. So. They're looking to get a little bit more. They haven't been able to get what they wanted out of uh, guys like Cam Meredith. So, uh, Coach P. Carroll said Chris Carson with his thigh and hip injury is sore and won't do much at practice this week. So that means um, we are looking at possibly a really, really big week uh, for Mike Davis. He is definitely a guy to look at, which uh, we will uh, mention him a little bit later. Um, the Lions fired their special teams coordinator, Joe Marciano. Not a real big news. Uh, and then after missing the past two weeks with a knee injury, Patriots running back Sonny Michelle is likely to return Sunday versus the Titans per source. Just needs a good week of practice with no setbacks. But as of right now, he is on track. So uh, Sonny Michelle owners uh, rejoice. He will be back soon. However, with all that, it will be interesting to see what happens with Corderell Patterson after he had a very good game this last uh, uh, was it sun, Sunday night um, as a running back I want to say he had uh, 10 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown so very interesting to see how he how he performs he's basically kind of the new Ty Montgomery and so uh, again that's something to keep an eye on um, and so, yeah, so why don't we go ahead and move on to uh, our waiver wire madness section? Waiver wire madness. All right, so for our waiver wire madness today, we're going to start out with the quarterbacks. And my number one quarterback ad really. Again, we when we do this, we're, we're looking at uh, players that are owned in less than 50% of leagues. Uh, we're using right now the ESPN standard, uh, what they have for percentage of ownership. And so the first guy that uh, that I have to say is, uh, is Baker Mayfield at quarterback. If you look at what he's done, he's been solid throughout the season. Not great, but he's been solid. He's uh, you know been improving each week. I mean, he's had a couple weeks where, you know, they've had no choice but to to just throw the crap out of the ball, which isn't the most efficient for him. But he's been playing well this last game. Um, you know, threw for almost 300 yards and two TDs against Kansas City. He does throw a lot of picks. 
But again, we're we're talking about a rookie who's you know on a team that is forced to throw a lot from behind. So you expect these kind of mistakes. Uh, was he's got uh, seven interceptions on the season so far, but he's also thrown for. Let me do some quick math. Uh, he's thrown for ten touchdowns. So uh, this next week he has Atlanta's defense, who has been who is the worst at giving up uh, points to the quarterback. Then he's got Cincinnati. Uh, then they have a bye in week twelve. Cincinnati in week or bye in week eleven. Cincinnati in week twelve and in week uh, week sixteen championship week. And then he also has to face uh, Houston, Carolina, and Denver. Uh, those three matchups aren't all that great for week 13, 14, and 15, but um, he's definitely a streaming option. So for those of you who um, are dealing with injuries to your quarterbacks, dealing with some bye weeks, or you just drafted heavy on everywhere else and you're dealing with, you know, trying to go back and forth on, on what quarterback to play um, because you're streaming quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield is an option, I believe, for this next week uh, against Atlanta. Uh, in week 10. Um, on my second quarterback, I, I think he's really, he's just the hot name. And for me, the reason I'm taking, I'm, I'm picking him is because again, we're looking at usable quarterbacks owned in less than 50% of leagues. That leaves us with Nick Mullins, who is owned in 0.8% of ESPN leagues. Now, if you look at, again, let's, we got to go back and look at what he did in this game against Oakland. Now, I understand he did it against Oakland, and Oakland's, um, Oakland's defense is just god-awful. Uh, but he threw for 262 yards, three pass TDs, um, <clears throat> rushed four times for minus three yards. He did have a fumble. But as of right now, it looks like he is going to take over the starting job for San Francisco. Again, I'm not saying that this is a guy that you should finish off the season with. This is simply a streaming option that can work for week 10. He's going up against the Giants who haven't been great, but have been okay um, on defense uh, against quarterbacks. And again, we're dealing with a, a, a another guy who has got a buy in week 11. So this is just a, like a one week. If you need a streaming option, Mullins would be the way to go because after the bye week, he has Tampa Bay who again, and their defense is, is horrible, but then he goes up against at Seattle who is, who, uh, who is third best against quarterbacks, Denver, who is uh, fifth best against quarterbacks, Seattle again, who's third best against quarterbacks and Chicago, who is, I want to say, you know, top 10 against quarterbacks. So he has horrible defenses for him to go up against or, Really tough defenses to to try to go up against uh, thirteen, week thirteen through the end of the playoffs. But if you're needing someone, week ten or week twelve, Nick Mullins is a guy as long as he keeps the starting position that you could use as a streaming option. Not someone to finish the season. If there are better options, you know, someone drops someone like a you know like a one of the top 10, 15 quarterbacks. Someone drops one of them because they've got two and they need a, another pickup. Well, then you're obviously going to go that direction. But if if you absolutely need someone, you're scraping bottom of the barrel, Nick Mullins is a guy that could get you enough points to let the rest of your team to not cost you a game. So those are my quarterbacks. Uh, moving on to the running backs. The Duke is back. I am so happy to see that Duke Johnson is actually finally getting used in the offense. 
He had an absolutely stellar game this last week uh, against the Chiefs. Let me pull up his stats real quick. Duke Johnson uh, had one rush attempt for eight yards. However, he had nine targets, nine receptions, 78 yards, two receiving TDs, um, six receiving first downs. For those of you who have uh, um, first, uh, first down points, uh, here's an interesting stat to look at. Since Mayfield took over as the quarterback, uh, Duke in passing to Duke Johnson, he is 26 for 30 for 260 yards and two touchdowns. So basically, Duke Johnson is going to start getting used again. Hallelujah. Now, he is, he is currently uh, owned in, what, 49.5% of leagues. He's like 49% in Yahoo leagues also. Unfortunately, I don't think I have the waiver priority to be able to get him, but he is going to be a special. PPR leagues is where his his specialty is going to be. There's no there's no denying that. He will be okay in standard leagues, but PPR is where you want to have this guy on your team. I think he's going to be solid down the stretch. Again, he has he has a a, a bye week in week eleven, but coming up. Uh, Again, he's going up against number or in week ten against Atlanta, second worst against the running backs. Week twelve, Cincinnati, sixth worst. Then uh, Houston, nineteenth. Carolina, twenty fifth. Denver, thirteenth. And then in championship week against Cincinnati, again, is sixth worst against running backs. So those, I mean, his numbers could go up. But I like how he's finally being used. He is finally being used like he was last year when he was a, a top 15 running back in PPR leagues, and he caught 80 yard, uh, caught eight, like 80 passes. So happy to see Duke Johnson back. If you have the uh, uh, opportunity to pick him up, he is definitely a guy that you want on your PPR leagues. Uh, number two, Mike Davis. Now, I know that this is all over ESPN, that, yeah, Mike Davis is a guy you want to pick up. This is not, this is not me being... Uh, you know, following the big trends. This is me being a Seahawks fan, knowing that this guy can get the job done. Uh, he finished, I want to say in this last game, Davis finished with, I want to say 61 rush yards, but he also had seven catches for 40-some yards. He can be used as a workhorse type back in this Seattle offense. Uh, as long as they can get good push up front, he will get the yards running as well as... Um, as well as uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, so he is definitely a guy that you would that you would want to look at, especially with what we talked about earlier in the news, how uh, how Chris Carson is dealing with injury. So uh, let me see. Looking at Mike Davis this last week, fifteen rushes for sixty-two yards, uh, eight targets, seven receptions for another forty-five yards. The guy can get the job done, especially in PPR leagues. So this is one that this is more of a Go ahead and pick him up, especially if you have Chris Carson. Uh, but he is someone that you can kind of hold on to and kind of sit, uh, especially if Chris Carson, you know, just kind of hold on to see if Chris Carson plays. If he doesn't, Mike Davis could be in for a really big week this next week. So uh, the last one, uh, again, I know that there's a whole bunch of people talking about Ito Smith and all these other guys. I'm trying to you know, get away from what everyone else is saying. So this is a, a guy that I think that could be pretty good for you. Josh Adams, uh, 3% owned. He's a decent, solid runner. He ran nine, uh, nine carries for 61 yards for Philadelphia in their last game. 
Um, and real quick, let me pull up some of the things that uh, that people are saying about him. Uh, let me find him. There he is, Josh Adams. There it is. Uh, coming off a bye. Um, he caught his only target uh, for six yards this uh, two weeks ago against against the Jaguars. Uh, with the running game struggling, it made sense for Adams to get more opportunities. Uh, he's you know broke off a couple of big gains, 21, 17 yards. Uh, he is a rookie, and while uh, he did uh, look like he fumbled in the last game, it was uh, it was called back that he was down. He's looked like the best runner so far. Um, with you know even with Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement, just all the injuries that they've dealt with for uh, in their running backs, uh, Josh Adams looks like he is going to be the guy um, who very well could uh, absolutely take off for this job. So Josh Adams is someone again only three percent owned. He's speculative for the most part because we've only seen one game from him, but if you wait too long, he'll be gone anyway. So go ahead and uh, if you've got the room. You're desperate for running backs. Josh Adams is definitely a name I would look at picking up. Moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, starting off, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, looks like he's, I uh, can't even read my own writing, like 20.7% owned or something like that in uh, ESPN leagues. He had already basically taken over Randall Cobb's job uh, in the slot. And then with Geronimo Allison looking like he may need a core surgery, he is going to get a lot of work. He has already been very, uh, very productive over the last few weeks. Let me pull up. Uh, let me pull up Scantling here. He has been um, an absolute beast when he gets the opportunity. And to be completely honest, the reason for that is because of um, Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, in this last game, three receptions, but for 101 yards. All three of his catches went for first downs on six targets. Um, so yeah, over the last over the last few weeks, he has gone for uh, ten targets, seven catches, sixty-eight yards. Uh, six targets, three catches, one hundred and three yards. Five targets, two catches for forty-five and a touchdown. Six targets for three catches and one hundred and one yards. So he is putting up yards. He is getting used. And uh, getting targeted. And with Geronimo Allison, again, looking like he's not going to be able to go for a little bit, this just provides more of an opportunity for Marquez Scant for Valdez Scantling. Number two, again, a little more under the radar, not as, as big of a name being thrown out there, but Christian Kirk. He's only owned in 17.4% of leagues. Um, he only has two games so far with less than five targets. He is a guy that is getting is going to get more used in this uh, in the offense with uh, um, Byron Leftwich calling the plays. They want to get they want to get the ball basically to three players at this point. They want Rosen to, to hand it off slash throw it to David Johnson. They want to throw it to uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and they want to throw it to Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is a freak of an athlete. Um, has put up has managed to put up some decent games so far this year. And in PPR leagues, with when you have that many targets, uh, I want to say was it over the last over the last six games? I want to say he's only had one, one game of less than five targets. 
And he's been, I think, over the last four, he's uh, he's averaging about six to seven targets a game. So especially with them having to play from behind as much as they do, he's going to get more opportunities in the passing game. So Christian Kirk, I think the opportunity is there for him to be able to put up some good numbers and be like that wide receiver for uh, maybe a flex play, depending on your bye weeks and who you're dealing with. Uh, especially if you're a guy like me who has both uh, Hopkins and Thielen on bye week this week and you're really struggling for wide receivers. Last uh, but not least in the wide receivers, Adam Humphreys. Uh, 2% owned, and this one really hurts because I've been a big Chris Godwin fan all year. We've put him in our in our ads, um, you know, one of the, the players to add for waiver wires for I don't know how many weeks in a row. But at this point, um, you need to be looking at, at, at adding Humphreys. He has had 27 targets over the last three games. Now, I know that split between um, games that have been started by James Winston and games that have been started by Ryan Fitzpatrick. However, he is getting, he's getting the, slot, uh, the slot receptions. He is getting the slot targets. And so he is definitely going to be a guy that you're going to need to look at. I want to say he had at least one, if not two, of the touchdowns in this game uh, last week for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he's getting targeted. PPR leagues is where he's going to be the most valuable. So Adam Humphreys really at this point, unfortunately, looks like he has passed up Chris Godwin as that number three wide receiver. Um, and he's actually had more targets and, more, and run more routes than Deshaun Jackson over the last couple of weeks as well. So, you know, take that into account. So that's my wide receiver, guys. Last but not least, the tight ends. Um, Jack Doyle. I, I still don't understand how he's only been 39% owned. I would, be all, I would have been all over him had I, you know, had I been able to. Um, before he came back from injury, uh, he's uh, 39% owned in ESPN leagues. And this last week, in his first week back, in week eight, before the week nine bye, seven targets, six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Basically, almost the exact same thing he did in week one. Andrew Luck loves throwing to his tight ends. And if you consider that he's probably, you know, Andrew Luck is probably still developing his arm strength and still getting it up to where it used to be. He loves throwing, sh- right now he loves throwing short. He doesn't have the longest, um, you know, he's not throwing for 350 yards a game. He's throwing for about, you know, 250 to 260. Or if he keeps getting short fields from, say, like the Oakland Raiders, then he's only throwing for like 180. <laughs> um, or maybe that was the Bills. So, um, so yeah, so Jack Doyle, uh, 39, again, 39% owned. You need to get on to him. He is going to have a solid year. He is going to be minimum top 10 tight end the rest of the season, in my opinion. And so Jack Doyle is definitely a name to own. I think that both he and Eric Ebron can still have very productive years and both finish in the top 10 by the end of the year. Or be both be top ten the rest of the way. Uh, last but not least, Jeff Hireman, Howerman, however you say his name, seven point nine percent owned in ESPN. And this is a speculative ad. This is not a go. You have to go out and get him. If you don't have the room, don't worry about it. <laughs> this is a let's kind of pick him up and see how it goes. If you're desperate, well, then, yeah, go ahead and get him because you need something. But with 11 targets, 10 catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown in this last game, 
he out-targeted, um, out-caught, and out-gained Emmanuel Sanders. So it could have just been a good um, a good matchup for him in terms of his his matchup against the uh, the uh, linebackers of Houston in this last game. Or maybe he's going to be the opportunistic one to take a lot of the targets from um, from the loss of Demarius Thomas in the trade, and it won't be Cortland Sutton. I still think Cortland Sutton's going to get a decent amount of targets. Um, I think he only had four this last week, but there was kind of a defensive battle. So I think you've got to look outside of the outside of the the numbers on this one. So um, again, he's one to look at. The opportunity may be there. I'm not saying you have to get him, but it's it's again there there could be possible opportunity with him right there. So uh, that is it for our waiver wire madness. I have one last quick rant. Um, and this is for all of you Galladay owners. I know that there have been a lot of people freaking out. I've been seeing on like the Facebook chats and all this kind of stuff. Galladay sucks. How can we, you know, we've got to get rid of him. Here's my thing on Galladay. It's not Galladay. It is the offensive line. Now, this could mean that because the offensive line is so bad for the Lions that you need to fade Galladay, maybe see if you can get something out of him. I wouldn't straight up drop him because if they can man, if the offensive line for the Lions can manage to protect um, Stafford, Galladay will get the opportunities. I watched. I, I watched that game. Stafford was under constant attack. Had ten, got, took ten sacks in that game. Ten sacks in that game. There were multiple times where watching where watching where his eyes were going, watching where Stafford's eyes were going, he was looking to Galladay to get open because most of the routes they have Galladay running are these longer developing routes, mid-routes, longer routes, deep routes. They don't run a whole lot of the short stuff with him, which I think they should start doing. I, he's a phenomenal receiver, great hands, and he's a big body to be able to pull in those, uh, those, kind, of, uh, those kind of things contested. That being said, for Galladay owners, be patient. Give it another couple weeks. I know that's you know if you if you can hold on to him, hold on to him. I think that he can be a monster. It's just a matter of whether or not the Lions will actually um, be able to protect Stafford. Stafford only attempted 22, um, 22 passes in this last game. You think about it, ten sacks. That means he dropped back an extra ten times um, that weren't that didn't result in an attempted pass, and probably had a couple that he was flushed out and maybe gained a couple yards. And so those weren't counted either. So if you look at maybe he was only sacked two or three times, well, then there's eight targets that possibly three or four of those could have gone could have gone to Galladay. And there you're looking at seven targets again, which is about what he was averaging on the season. So be patient. I think Galladay will still be a monster by the end of the year. Let's just hope that the uh, the the Lions offensive line can can get their stuff in gear. So that is all I've got for you tonight. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast and and working through my issues with my voice. Uh, I hopefully will have this uh, will have this back uh, in the next couple of days or at least by next week's show. So thank you again for listening. My name is Ryan Skolder, and I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation! Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.